Well, if you keep uh, a finger in Proverbs chapter 10, that would be helpful and have that open. Uh, We're going to be flicking through and jumping up and down through different verses, but uh, I'm sure you'll be able to follow along. Let's pray. Our Lord God, thank you so much that you have spoken to us and that you have given us the words to be wise and that you have given us the words to eternal life. And so we pray that as we open up this passage, give us wisdom and understanding that we may serve you this week and all our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, it's no secret that Australians love a good zinger. Uh, Not the KFC burger. Uh, No, a single line or sentence to bring someone down a peg or two. Uh, uh, Politicians love a good zinger in question time. A good line to grab the attention of the headlines of the 6pm news, to raise their profile a bit and bring the other person down a bit. Uh, But this isn't just limited to the political sphere either. Uh, In the workplace at lunchtime, people can joke about others and bring other people down with a good zinger. Uh, In the playground at school, kids can also bag each other out with a good old zinger. It's almost ingrained in our culture to make fun of other people and put them down, all in the name of it, just being a joke for entertainment. Uh, This is so much so that when I was doing my gap year in 2013, it was a Christian gap year, uh, we had some rules that were set for us to live as Christian community together. And one of the rules was no put-downs. Now, all of us kind of grumbled a bit, so, oh, come on, that's a little bit lame. But we, we, we stuck with it. We had to try really hard to pull each other up on it. But then something remarkable happened. It was a great year of being in Christian community together. The culture was one of encouragement, not one of suspicion or joking at another's expense. And this shouldn't be a surprise to us because words actually matter. Uh, What we say, how we say it, what we don't say, and when we say things can either build people up or bring people down, can encourage others or discourage others, can bring beautiful reconciliation, but can also rip communities apart. So it's no surprise that about a third of the Proverbs that we get in this book have something to say about how we use our mouths or our lips or our tongues or our words because it is so important. And Solomon encourages us throughout the book to use our words wisely because wise words build up but foolish words tear down. Wise words are of great value but the words of the foolish are worthless. Wise words and those who speak wise words live forever and are life-giving. But those who speak foolish words can be life-destroying. So have a look with me from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all 
wrongs. Uh, in countries and in places and in, and in areas, even in Australia, that have little to no rain, uh, rain is stored up in cisterns in the ground or in tanks. But when the water has been sitting around for a while, it gets a little bit stale, it begins to taste a little bit weird, there probably ends up being some dead animals in it decomposing, and when you go to get a drink, it's not great. But water from fresh streams tastes so much better. Cold, refreshing, replenishing, life-giving. Uh, this is what the writer describes the mouth of the righteous to be like. Life-giving. And notice he didn't just say that good words are like this. No, he said words that come from a righteous person or from a righteous character or from a good heart are like this. Because what we need to get first is the heart of the matter. Uh, anyone can read some nice words off of a teleprompter or off a card or something like that. But if what we say doesn't match up with what we actually believe in our heart, then the words are useless. And worse, are even lies. But... The wise heart that fears God, that has turned to him, that has been made righteous by Jesus, and that is growing in holiness, that's the type of person that's being described here in verse 11. The mouth of this person is like this. And from that heart comes the type of wisdom that builds up, the type of words that build up. Uh, the words of the righteous provide life and give life support because they are connected to the source of life, God himself. He is a fountain that never runs dry. He is the ultimate sustainer. So if we are connected to him, then his love that has been poured out into our hearts will overflow into providing and helping out others. Uh, we too can join in supporting and building up one another uh, here. Uh, we can encourage one another to keep on looking to Jesus. We can encourage one another and thank one another when we see someone serving. We can point each other back to the life source when life gets hard. We can forgive a brother or sister when they have grieved us. We can sing God's praises together and look across the rows and be spurred on with our walk in him. Uh, we can join in the prayers as we say together wholeheartedly, and do the same and be encouraged. Because the mouth of the righteous person is a fountain of life. Verse 21 says, The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. The lips of the righteous people are like a shepherd or, or like fertilizer, providing life and health for other people, speaking life into them pointing others back to the ultimate shepherd. So then, if you're here this morning, either in person or online, and consider yourself a follower of Jesus, how's the condition of your heart? How's the condition of your mouth? We have such a great gift in being able to speak words of life to each other. 
Nothing else in creation can do this. Only us who are made in the image of God can do this. It's an amazing gift. So when was the last time that you asked someone how they were going with their walk with God and encouraged and spurred them on to keep on going? Because when God's people don't speak and when God's people don't sing God's words to each other, we miss out. The body is less for it. We need each other to speak these words of life to each other. See, what a fantastic opportunity. What an amazing privilege. What a great gift our speech can be. And I can tell you, after being on the receiving end, from people right in this room who have encouraged me, it is such an amazing blessing. So thank you so much. But on the flip side... Uh, the words of fools can really tear up and break down a community. Uh, look at me at verse 11 again, chapter 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Those who aren't righteous, who don't fear God, can tear down others so quickly. Their mouths, instead of providing life, uh, conceals or hides away violence. Uh, their violence and their vitriol is planned behind closed doors and then their words lie about it. Uh, and in Proverbs 12:22, it says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. See, such words from the wicked are detested by God because his character is one of truth. And false words and hiding violence will fester in a community. It will reduce intimacy. It will ruin trust and will ultimately tear people apart. Uh, these people, uh, Solomon says that these people will bring conflict wherever they go. They stir it up or awaken it within a community. They bring others down with them. They love being, bringing people down a peg or two or three. They delight in gossip and delight in spreading disquietness among the people. But like we said before, what comes out of the mouth is like a window into the condition of that person's heart. If people are stirring up conflict creating rumours, spreading gossip, grumbling behind other people's back, then it's a sign that things aren't all good in their heart. That they're foolish. And don't fear God. So I would love to stand up here and tell you that I've never done any of these things before. I would love to tell you that I've never torn other people down at my own uh, at their own expense for my gain. I'd love to tell you that I've never grumbled about someone behind their back, but that's not the case. Uh, my speech so often reveals my pride. I can be so quick to bring other people down in order to make myself look good. I'm sure that I'm not the only one here who has done that. 
Uh, we won't always get this right 100% of the time. And when we don't, well, we need to acknowledge our sin, apologize to both the person we've offended, and to God. If you know that you have done these things and acted in these ways, I want to urge you to do just that this morning. And the great news is, is that we have already been forgiven because of Jesus when we haven't got this right. He is completely covered it all by his death on the cross. Verse 12 says that hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. So wise words can build up, but wicked words can tear down. And wise words are of great value, but foolish words are worth nothing. Uh, one of the things that I miss about the summer is the warmth, but also I really miss the cricket, and I also continually miss Richie Benno's commentary. It was simply marvellous. Uh, when he was commentating, Cricket Australia would put together a package of memorabilia, maybe with a cricket bat or uh, a jersey which was signed by some of the players, and they would sell it as memorabilia. And these things were worth a lot and were of great value because they were a limited edition. They were precious. So get in quick and get it. Uh, too many of these items would have made them worthless because, well, anyone could grab them. But a few items makes the poster or the cricket bat or something else all that much more valuable. And in Proverbs, Solomon says the same thing about our words. Uh, using restraint in words and staying silent makes them all the much more valuable. <laughs> he encourages us to use words sparingly. Because on the flip side, the foolish person shows no such restraint. Look with me from verse 8. A chattering fool comes to ruin. Or verse 19. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. Now, before the introverts among us rejoice and feel rather vindicated in not speaking up, uh, let's just look a little bit closer. Uh, firstly, it's important to listen. Listen to one another before jumping in with our own opinions or own conclusions and listen well. Uh, I know this seems quite rudimentary, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems quite basic, but it is for a reason. Because the wise person doesn't have any prejudices, but rather assesses the situation by being slow to speak and quick to listen. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Rachel and I were on holidays and we did a lot of driving, and we listened to the audiobook of Pride and Prejudice. Uh, this is my first experience with the Jane Austen classic, and I have to say, I'd rather enjoyed it. Uh, but the story could have been over so much more quickly if people would have just listened and dropped their prejudices. But of course, that is the premise of the whole book. But this is what the wise person does, listens. And the person who does this so perfectly is Jesus. Even though he knew the conditions of people's hearts and lives, he listened to them. 
wasn't prejudiced. I think about the Samaritan woman at the well who had had multiple, multiple partners. The rest of the city wouldn't have anything to do with her. But Jesus spoke to her and listened to her. Think about the woman who came and washed his feet with her tears and anointed them with expensive perfume. Others would have shooed her away and quickly and condemned her. But he had compassion on her without prejudice. So we too should be slow to speak, quick to listen, compassionate, just as he was. Because wisdom isn't found in the quantity of our words, in the quality of our words. And this all stems from and is rooted in a heart that has been built up in God's word, is confident in it, and confident enough in the promises of God to remain silently when needed. We see this so amazingly played out in Jerusalem. In about 33 AD, in the house of the Jewish high priest and the Roman courts. Jesus has just been arrested. The Jewish leaders and the other religious leaders were being chattering fools. Their words multiplied. Their lives grew. Their faces became red with anger as they attempted to condemn Jesus. They were fools. The heart was hard, calloused over, wicked. But how did Jesus respond? Well, 1 Peter 2.23 says this. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. He was confident in God's goodness, in God's promises to stay silent. But he did speak. And when he did speak, his words were of great value. (laughs) So wisdom is also found in our restraint of words. Confident in God's promises. Confident that God's the one who will have the final say in all situations eventually. Verse 20 says... That the tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. Choice silver is silver that has been refined by fire. The imperfections in it have been melted and burned away many times, so that what remains is so much more valuable than what was before. Similarly, the tongue of the one who is in God should be refined by the words of God which means leaving behind the foolish and selfish ways of using our words and putting on God's ways. This may mean leaving behind the zinger, leaving behind putting people down and putting on building people up. Leaving behind grumbling about others behind their backs and putting on encouraging people. Leaving behind always wanting to jump in with our own opinions and answers to every single solution in the world in defense of every single argument. 
and putting on listening to others. Our words ought to be in line with and shaped by God's words and character. That's how we speak wise words. And lastly, the one who speaks wise words will last forever. Look with me firstly from verse 25. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. Verse 30. The righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain in the land. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. The lips of the righteous know what finds favour, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. This is pretty firm, isn't it? Those who are righteous, who speak words of righteousness as an expression of the condition of their heart, will stand forever and never be uprooted. Not because of their own good words or own good works, but because of God's grace and mercy. On the flip side, those who refuse to fear God, who don't turn with our whole heart, will be swept away. The wicked won't remain in the land. Their noisy tongues will be silenced. And God will have the final say. Because he is a holy God. And will come again to judge those who refuse his grace and mercy. We'll see more about this in chapter 11 next week when we look at humility. But for now, this leaves us with a bit of a, a warning and also a reassurance. A warning, if you haven't yet, or perhaps you may just be paying lip service to God without a change in the condition of your heart, I want to urge you this morning to come and turn to God, confident in His goodness and mercy. Verse 27 says that the fear of the Lord adds to length of life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. But if you have turned to Jesus with your whole heart, and if you do fear God, then friends, our life is secure. We will last forever, and we can have complete and utter assurance of this, not because of the words that we speak, but because of the word who has come in flesh. Jesus, who has dealt with our wickedness by his death on the cross, taken it to the grave, destroyed it, and has risen again, assuring us of eternal life with him. But until then, this is how we ought to speak. Speaking and singing these words of life to each other. Building each other up. Perhaps holding our tongue when needed. And pointing each other back to the hope that we have in Jesus. So how about we pray and ask God to help us with this? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that the righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain in the land. Lord, thank you so much for the amazing hope and grace and mercy that we have because of you, that we have because of Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, help us 
to continually fear you. Help us never to lose our awe of you, but to be constantly stunned by your amazing grace and love for us. So, Heavenly Father, help us to use our words wisely. Help us to speak words of encouragement and wisdom to each other. Help us to speak wise words out on our front lines. Lord, where we need to show restraint, help us. When it is time to speak, give us the words to say so that others may come to fear you, put their trust in you, and glorify you for now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.